Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Love is the law as we began another week here on the Lori and Julia show. And they didn't take a snow day. They're here. <laughs> We'll see about tomorrow. Is that snow that I see outside of oh, our window? Oh, yeah, there's snow. Oh, jeez. Rocco. Boy, <laughs> I know. I'm real glad. I'm real glad I did all my little outside porch Same. projects. I did it all Saturday yeah. and then did a little mind, um, you know, a little finger-numbing work yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because it was so nice. It was actually nice Saturday. Saturday was. I played tennis outside. It yeah. was beautiful. But yesterday afternoon was Cold, cold, yes. and yes, it's inevitable. Yes. The day when all your your baskets, like, I Casey wanted I just, to dump out some beautiful begonias that have been just thriving. I said, "No, let nature kill them, and then let's throw them away." And last night, nature killed them, killed I, everything yep. that was really remaining. I've got a few scrap, you know, a few in my window box that are close enough to the house, but it's like, like that, six months. Six months of, um, you know, porch and patio and all that season coming to an end. But I feel like everyone's going to try to extend it so they can see people. Julia, I told, I gave Casey a mission today. Yeah. I said, find a way to heat heat, either a three-season porch yeah. or under our pergola. Come up with something because I feel like we should have been on this in July. Well, Rocco <laughs> was way ahead of this. Yeah, Rocco I know. has been planning. He's got the heat lamp. He's got the outdoor projectors. He's got the ski equipment. Rocco, we should. What are you planning for the spring that we well, should know about? Right yeah, now? really. No, the next thing we looked at this weekend, somebody brought up the idea. Why don't you get electric blankets? So we looked into that. Oh, they have and them at just Target. Plug them in. Outside. Yeah, plug them in outside. You know, and there's there's others that you can like charge and yeah. You know, bring camping and stuff, but yeah, my dad has one of those for the motorcycle oh, vest really? yeah. that you heat up. Oh my word! Because we were at an outdoor family thing yesterday, freezing, freezing, freezing. I had to work. work. My fingers were already under the hot water because my lovely rhinots came yeah. back, and I'm like, burr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. All I, right. Did it, any... Well, I'm curious if Casey, what the? I can't wait because at one point you sent him on this mission, and Rocco he came home with a fan. Oh, this that was for summer. Misted. Um, the entire um, W.A. Frost patio. Yes. That's how big it was. The entire patio. It was that big. <laughs> big and it blew and out mist yes, at you. And it was a little loud because it was kind of a... It was a restaurant was, size. <laughs> now the, then the, we had that for like five years, but I absolutely hated it. It was so loud. So loud. And then that finally broke. And then he got a normal size one yeah. that we have now. But... He was looking at some kind of a heater thing that you rig up on an outdoor umbrella so that the heat heat would be coming from above and down. Nice. Nice. So I totally trust him to I find the thing, wait. but I don't know that I trust that this will be available because I feel like restaurants and other people were thinking about this when earlier. We should have been. 
Yes. I mean, I tried to find mom, moms yesterday. Good luck with that. Oh, those have been gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh, have been gone forever. Yeah. You are late on the mom thing. Uh, I know, but mm-hmm. I never like to do the mums when all the pretty summer flowers are I still know, going. I know. I oh, know. Oh, gosh. It's Monday. After my whining about how I, you know, during the pandemic, how I had never had cleaned a closet or anything. And really, the part I didn't add was that, you know, I'm just lazy because I do have time on the weekends. you didn't want to. I finally did. I did two closets. It was a start, Julia. Okay, so are these flipping closets closed? I flipped a coat closet. Okay. Because I looked at the weather and uh-huh. there was no way to have magical thinking. It was like, get those coats out, right? Find the gloves. Mm-hmm. Find every, and then one, I did a, you know, my, a closet where I have all my workout gear and like uh, fleeces and yeah. warm. I went through that and, you know, did some right. culling. I kind of like that. It felt so good, know, and then I can find, and then I found stuff. I like had a cute workout outfit at the gym today because I've just been recycling like the same three, yeah. Because it's just been a jumble of leggings and everything else so up you there. Look cute today, Did I you had a cute color? new outfit. Just you know something different. I mean, people probably that work out with me I, are sick of the same three outfits. A jumble of leggings that reminds <laughs> me of that Bon Jovi thing we talked about a few weeks ago. Was that an ocean of jock straps? An ocean, ocean of jock straps. Yeah, a jumble right of leggings. About that. Right and I, and that. that now tell me if you think this was too forward of me. Well, I, all right, I'm already okay. just going to say yes, but okay, what? So, working out yesterday, you know, oh. I go, did you wear go your to my mask class. again during the whole class? Like I, I did, I did. I wore a paper mask. All right, only because uh, you know, there's Casey just told you you had to. In case you told me <laughs> I had to, basically, basically that's uh-huh. it. And uh, but anyway, one of the things that ever since the gym reopened and. Um, is like I kind of thought, okay, you got to make the reservations. But one of the things that I thought that they should put a, a stop to because they downsize the class sizes, you make a reg- registration, right? I thought for sure that, like, from day one, from the get go, that there would be no more wooing in class. Well, who would woo woo? People woot woo. Like, because they get to do more sit ups? Yeah, or whatever. You, you know how? I mean, you don't go to organized classes, classes so but I don't know. Biking classes, okay. heavy oh, aerobic right. classes. You know, there is like, there's like woo, you know, or like we're going to do, you know, this is our eighth and final set of burpees or mountain right. climbers. And so there is a lot of, you know, expression. Wooing. But I, I so I, I said, to, <laughs> said to my teacher yesterday after the class, I said, I really think that there should be a consensus among the teachers, no wooing because we are trumpet aerosoling uh, droplets into the air with velocity. Okay, what was the look? I just want to know. He burst out laughing because he said he knew trumpets. Trumpet players are like, he had just read, he goes, I just, I know about that thing. Trumpets are like, Tubas are the best horn for not much goes out because it all gets caught in the tube. Right. But the trumpet players are really blowing a lot. They did this thing at the Minnesota Orchestra, how much is coming out. And I just felt like some of the people in our class were like really exuberantly wooing. You're hysterical. And and I just said. You're hysterical. hysterical. I'm trying to be a helpful gym goer so no one gets sick at the gym. With our low ceilings, yes, at our gym, yes, low ceilings. Mm-hmm. So the woo- wooing is really unacceptable, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So that's, 
I really think I think that's really funny. He did Virgil Abbey. Something that I would say. I know. Lori, you just took it. And then I also suggested that the doors stay open. Absolutely. You know, for airflow. Yeah. What did he say to that? And he said, well, I think we keep them closed for the music. I said, it's all about the airflow now in the times of pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) We are looking for airflow. Right. Well, that's funny. Too much time. No kidding. All right. Listen, when we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Well, it's Monday again. Here we are. Last Monday, I wasn't here. And, uh... I was out of action for three days, uh, and Julia, you were behind on action because yesterday, or Friday, when I mused aloud, would Adele, does anyone care, what has Adele done in the last five years? Uh, It was without any context because neither you or Rocco were up to the speed on the, the rumor last week was Adele was putting out a new album, album by Hall- for Halloween. And you two, but you knew that. No, none of us knew that. None but of us. She's, she's really making it seem like we were the <laughs> bad guys here. Yeah, you are because you did not pay attention to any gossip. Then we really didn't. that was like kind of huge news because Adele hasn't dropped an album in we five so years. Didn't pay attention to anything. So Roger Friedman just gave the comparison of what all of her peers had done in five years, and I kept going, "Yeah, why is he just picking on this?" That's but, what I thought. Why are we picking on Adele? Odell, uh, Adele. Adele. Anyway, uh-huh. I looked. It was in the news, Julia. Like all the places that you go, but apparently you were not reading last week. I quit. Okay, so we quit. so anyway, then yeah, then uh, yesterday, Adele. Oh my gosh, she on Instagram. She's hosting SNL. So she's been busy. She well, she's been busy. She's uh, hosting SNL next week, which SNL the ratings third week in a row they've gone down, down, down. And this past week, it was Issa Rae and Justin Bieber, who you would have thought would have brought the young people, but no. I Yeah. It didn't. Did you watch it, Rocco, at all? Did you just, catch any of it? I watched skits like the next morning. Yeah. I I, I don't like Jim Carrey as, as Biden. Biden. No, it's bad. Yeah, I just... Yeah. It's um it seems it seems like the writing is just a bit off. I thought Bieber's performance was I really was good, great. but he didn't bring any right. young new eyes or anything. It's the third week in a row the SNL's ratings have gone down um cuz the first week, you know, they were back after a yeah, long time yeah. and the novelty maybe of Jim Carrey, but a lot of people are with us on not liking Jim Carrey's Biden it doesn't feel, and even I think even this, Alec Baldwin's Trump is one note. Yep, you're right. But I also you know? think it kind of, um, they go on too long, too long with yeah. that opening stuff. It's boring. I lose interest, and then I'm like, click. Yeah. Click. Yeah, so anyway, so Adele is super excited. She, her is going to be the musical guest, and Adele... And she's not the musical guest, just the host. She is the host. Adele is hosting. The last time she was on SNL was November 20th, 2015, when she launched her 25 album. Her new album, they're speculating, is coming either this Friday the 23rd or next Friday the 30th, and... I'm thinking it might be the 30th because Sony has Bruce Springsteen coming out this Friday. Oh, you've done a deep dive, Lori, into her record labels. And she's I'm very, very impressed with that. She's very Adele's very excited, but she's not hosted it. She's terrified. I would be too if I was her. Um, but we know, she, well, from her concert, the part that I remember, um, 
I remember she's got she kind of has a wicked sense of humor. I mean, she loves to say the the f bomb. I mean, well, you can't say that on SNL, but but that's her. I wonder. I bet she'll be funny. I I think she'll be good. But now we know why that 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 was being speculated on because Adele does have an album that is dropping in the next week or two. And we just stared at you blindly, like, uh huh. I mean, uh it's it's excellent because that's right. November it clears a path, you know, for everything. But um, and also Ariana Grande, the rumor is she might be just surprised dropping something this Friday too. Now she's been the busiest. Yes. I mean, that would be like her sixth album in five years. Oh, I think it'd be fun. Anyway, so she's super excited about it, but nerve-wracked about it. And she's also suing The Sun, The London Sun. Why? For publishing a story about Chris Brown being at her house. Oh, which was just a lie? Yes. was he there? I don't know. All right. She's suing him for saying it, though. And I I have a question for you guys, okay? All right, so um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis yes. have cut a deal with BMG Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of what we talked about before is just do a duet album. Just do a duet. But they're going to be doing, they're going to do their own very first album. Here's what they're calling it, okay? okay? I know, that's what I want I'm, to know. Rocco and I, Rocco, are you containing your excitement? I do have some love for Jam and Lewis. Okay. But yeah, we'll see what Julia has to say. Okay, they're promising iconic collaborations spanning their influential discography or something. Discography. Discography, whatever word. They've worked with Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, Kanye West, Prince, Prince, Gwen Stefani, (laughs) George Michael, Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. And here's what they said about it. BMG immediately got our vision and understood where we wanted to go with this album. It was a real mutual respect. We found the perfect partner to kick off this next era. So they expect this album to come out in 2021, of course. Yeah. We don't care. Do you care? Well, I'm trying to figure out, is it going to be brand new? I can't tell. Collaborations? Because it did say what, um, spanning their... Yeah, the forthcoming record will feature iconic collaborations spanning their influential discography. Yeah. So, so does that mean they're going back and yeah, finding going old back. tracks? Yeah, or... they're going oh, back okay. and they're refixing Each or remastering. Each song is remarkable with awe-inspiring performances to create a career-defining masterwork. I don't know. That it's is very redo. good public relations spin on that press release. But it is basically telling us they are just dipping back and I'm... refining Buffing and fluffing music that's and already maybe been combining done. two different artists maybe. together to make it make them their songs work together. Whatever you call that, testing or tasting in the music or whatever it's called, sampling that word. <laughs> <laughs> I like testing it's similar. and tasting. One is in. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Music and one is at a tapas restaurant. That's Whatever. right. You know, they both could work. Oh, boy. They both could work. Uh, Casey and I did watch the trial of the Chicago 7, the Aaron Sorkin movie that was on, dropped on Netflix on on Friday, yes, it dropped, and it, it to say that it's a dramatization of one of the most unusual trials in the nation's history. I didn't know anything really about this trial. I knew that Abby, ha- I knew that these people were arrested yes. for supposedly starting a riot at the 1968 Democratic uh, convention when Hubert Humphrey was getting nominated, and I did know that like history looked back and said that. Riot cost him the election and got Nixon elected. And uh, so it's the story behind this crazy trial when the government decided to sue like seven different men for uh, leading demonstrations at this and trying to collect it as one big um, lawsuit. And Eddie Redman plays Tom Hayden. Uh, who later goes on to marry Jane Fonda yes. and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen plays Abby Hoffman and um, Mark Rylance, Guthrie alum, you know, and yes. Oscar winner. He plays one of the head attorneys. It was fabulous. Is it fabulous? It is absolutely fabulous. And if you're interested at all, it's interesting looking at it through the eyes of right now. Of course, they take liberties like they sure. do in any movies, but. Um, John Mitchell historically, now we'll see if, if a, 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 a new guy takes his place, but he has historically been viewed as the most corrupt attorney general in presidential history. And he okay. was, he was Nixon's attorney general and he's the one who has a vendetta and he just wants the feds, the department of justice to just uh, get these guys in jail. You know, oh, interesting. And so, you know, really overstepping. Right. So it's a very interesting with everything politically going on. And I know Casey and I didn't really know much I about don't know. it. I and, only heard Aaron Sorkin talk about it on some shows. So I had yeah, a little bit more it's, about it. It's, but it's worth a watch. Oh, it's 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 really good. Oh, good. Casey was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a series. He yeah. like could have kept watching because the acting was so compelling you know, I'm always amazed, uh, you know, when it's a big ensemble that John Carroll Lynch or David Lynch, he's a big, goofy looking guy. He's in a lot of American Horror Story. I think he's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's in it. There's just all these different characters. Our ladies from Master of Sex, you know, the blonde, Lily, the oh, wife, the wife. Oh, she's so she's, good. she's in it. It's just uh, and about. The Chicago 7, it's well, called. Well, and Sorkin is kind of brilliant because he does weave in footage of actual things that happened. You know, but by the height, by the time 1968 came around, 53,000 American young men were getting drafted a month. It was just like, it was like, it was crazy. And all the news coming back out of Vietnam was, of course, just like, what the hell are we doing there? Right, right. And so you do kind of learn, you know, some things that will are very, you're like, wow. Well, no we, wonder people were protesting the way they were, but there were all these different ways of protesting, and Sorkin kind of sets that up. That sounds good. Yeah, it was really good. I, I recommend it. All right. You know, The Chicago 7. The Chicago 7, and then I did keep myself awake until, like, uh, midnight on Saturday 
watching The Haunting of Bly Manor and screaming out loud. Okay, for, what do you give it out of out of 10? I'm not done with it yet, but right. I give it like a 7 out of 10 right. so far, yeah. And screams, it's 10 out of 10. I've screamed every time. You there scream. should be a scream. <laughs> right. But not in the club. No woot-wooting. Not woot-wooting at the gym. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. If anybody has seen Patrick Royce, tell him to call us, would you? Oh, is he on the line? Patrick, Patrick. Royce. Hello, ladies. How are you? Well, do you have a do you have a voice uh, left? Because I know you have really been making the rounds. I don't know why we were. I was so shocked when I read on Twitter yesterday from you that Sid Hartman had died. I mean, I, I know he's old. He's not old. He's a hundred. He's a hundred. Right. Right. That's not old. That's something beyond old. But, but I we're mean, all the same way. Yeah, so I guess we we're, we're so used to having him in our life. So I know that you've been, um, you know, you were on with talking with Sushre and you in the search of yeah. And I just it. thought we got to we got to talk to you about uh, Sid Hartman. Well, uh, a team of psychoanalysts could uh, really have fun trying to figure out uh, what, what drove this man, but he was the most driven guy I've ever been around. Even once he became very financially secure, he still needed whatever it was. He needed people to know him, uh, who he was. He needed, uh, and Tim McGuire, who was his boss for a long time at the Star Tribune, I talked to him about it. Sid was uh, this poor kid from, you know, North Minneapolis, and he, it was an eternal search for acceptance is what he thinks. So uh, anyway, that's – but, you know, he always was a big supporter of the home teams and, and uh, stuff like that. He was mostly in his – at least when he was at, in, at the top of his game, he was a breaker of news, but he also – his other instinct was to always support the home team. So mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that, and I was reading the um, your uh, story that you had in the Star Tribune. I mean, the blank sports page. I mean, it was so lovely. I mean, it was so nice, but um, I didn't realize a lot about him. I guess I just have known him as this three-column-a-week <laughs> sports writer who gets scoop and lectures people sometimes, and I didn't realize all the ways that he was uh, impacting Minnesota sports teams. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, what the heck you have? What, what do we got? We got uh, generation is 20 years, and he became prominent in the middle of so four generations of uh, Minnesota people have grown up with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people my age, I just turned 75. I mean, we, we've never really, from the time, you know, from the time I started reading the newspaper as a kid, Right. I've known Sid. I've known Sid my whole life. I know in the existence of Sid, that's very, uh, that's very unusual. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of, uh, messages about, you know, sorry of your, with, about the passing of your friend, certainly a colleague. We weren't exactly chums at all times. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of, uh, we kind of came at it from a different angle. Uh, I, I tried to hold the local teams to a, a high standard, and Sid was Sid. They were always right, so mm-hmm. uh, it was, okay. it was, we kind of did. We kind of lived a little differently. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's kind of one of the things I think that about that Sid maybe got is that there is, even though I know sports people take their sports very seriously, 
there is an element of drama and soap opera and all this other other stuff that you can't help but notice with sports stories. Well, it's there, sure. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, you know to me, uh, it's always been uh, kind of a, a, a fun thing to cover, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's you you, you can get away with. Uh, you know, you can get away. You have a much bigger license to say stuff than yeah. you do in other. Uh, but Sid, you know, it was serious business for Sid. There's no doubt about it. He wanted to, he, you know, he helped build new stadiums. He campaigned for new stadiums. He mm-hmm. campaigned to get Major League Baseball here. He, uh, you know, he, he was the general manager of the Minneapolis Lakers, basically. It was a different he grew up in a different era where we were trying to prove ourselves as a major league market. And they were, when St. Paul and Minneapolis were bitter enemies and they were battling each other all the time. And, uh, it, it, it's a different era and, uh, that's where he comes from. And, uh, that's how he ended up being like the best friend of all the local teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty That is amazing. a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it four generations of people. I remember listening to him on the radio every Saturday morning, too. Yeah. Um, and things like that. How many years have you been writing, Patrick, for the Star Tribune? We're just talking with Patrick. Uh, well, I started in St. Paul in 68, and then I came to Minneapolis in 88. So mm-hmm. the interesting thing about him is, when I, I worked in St. Paul for 20 years, and then I worked in Minneapolis now for 32, and our relationship never changed. <laughs> You're still the enemy. Right. He wants the story. He wants the attention. He does not want you to. He competed against everybody, including the other sports writers on his own staff. Yeah. <laughs> so To get the scoop. And, to get the story. Yeah. To get the scoop, to get the story, to get the access, to get the accolades, whatever it was he was looking for. Uh, he would, uh, you know, he would, he would drive to get it. His son, I talked to Chad last night, we're buddies. Yeah. And, uh, he said that, uh, you know, Chad spent a lot of time in the, in the sports business. He now does general interest, uh, sports talk, I mean, talk show, but, uh, in sports business. And he declares that his father, even having covered sports, his father is the most competitive person he ever met. And I believe him. Yeah. Isn't that something that it doesn't go away with time? I mean, I remember being competitive, but not like, that's amazing. And Mm -hmm. that's probably why he lived such a long life and worked so long. And people's drives are so different. Well, you know, his uh, family was uh, Jewish, uh, Russian Jews, you know, Russian Jewish, Russian people. And there's that, that group of Russian, you know, uh, Jewish people down by the Black Sea that routinely live 100 years. They have different genetics, mm-hmm. and I think Sid's one of them. I think that's where he comes from. Wow. Because until until he fell down and broke his hip and uh, slipped on the ice and broke his hip in 2016, you know, he was still running around. He wasn't didn't have any – he didn't need any AIDS, uh, you know, to get around. He didn't need a walker or anything. Yeah. At 96, he was still doing fine, and then he broke his hip, and that slowed That's, him down a little bit. Yeah. You know, you said uh, – I read on Twitter last night, Patrick, that you said uh, that 12 years ago you were asked to write Sid Hartman's obituary. And, and that I've always been fascinated at, you know, notable obituaries and who gets assigned to them and – you know, like, do you talk to the person about it? Do they know that you're writing it? So I just want you to answer all those questions. 
Well, I wrote his book, you know. He's the only sports writer that had to hire somebody else to write his autobiography, so he hired me. So I did that in ninety, the mid-90s. I think it was published in 96. I mean, does the so, paper I mean, ask you to do that? They go, oh, Sid's, no, you know. They, no, they no. don't ask you. Okay. They tell you. Oh, they tell you. Okay, okay. <laughs> they tell you. And I'm not sure it was 12. It might have been 10, but okay. it, was, it was at least 10 years ago, but. They tell me, hey, well, we got advanced obits in there on quite a few people. That's right. That something that it's something that you can get out there quickly if it some fella dies at eleven thirty at night or, right, some right. or something, you know. And that's this thing is, uh, you know, I wrote it originally, but it it was massaged a few times through the years. We would update it every mm-hmm. once in a while, and uh, and then they did a great job updating it today uh the office did that not me oh but, so uh, good the, the story sports, the, the sports desk did that but uh i will tell you that i wrote it let's say i wrote it in in 09 maybe and about three years later my boss glenn Crevier said you gotta update that and i said <laughs> okay i'll update it and then about three years after that he said okay you gotta update this again and I did it. And then the last time he told me to update it, I told him to take a long walk off a short pier. I'm not updating that thing again. I, you know, I just hope that uh, I don't get a byline posthumously. You know that yeah. I'm uh, that when it, that it runs like eight years from now. So, oh my gosh! Well, but I... it's yeah, those things. I mean, it, the meat of that thing was like 120 inches telling his story, and then mm-hmm. they they topped it and does, but the. It, it, those aren't intended to be like the finished product, but it, it's copy that they want to have available to tell us somebody's story when they don't have the good taste to die uh, before, way, way before deadline. In right. Sid's case, <laughs> in Sid's case, he did actually. Uh, I think we, the word Chad first texted, uh, tweeted out that he died about noon. I think mm-hmm. yesterday. So. But he was an interesting cat, man. He was, uh, you know, you were sometimes you were his buddy, and sometimes you were the guy trying to ruin sports. And uh, one of the last times I saw him, he says, "Man, you're writing some great columns." And I said, "Name one." <laughs> and, uh, and he looked at me and said, "All of them." All of them. Oh, see what a good answer. Yeah, well, no, a good answer would have been if he could have actually named one. Yeah, I know, I was getting that. I know, we're just giving up the benefit of the doubt, Patrick. We're talking about Sid Hartman passing away, and we're with Patrick Roycey. Um, Okay, so just, is there any hope for these Vikings? We're switching to- topics really quick. Uh, I am very sad that fans were not allowed in the stadium yesterday to give quarterback cousins a proper send-off at halftime. <laughs> that would have been, been wonderful. It would have been fantastic. It oh. was, uh, boy, he's, uh, talk about a guy that thinks Sid's death had perfect timing. That would be uh, Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah, that uh, took the conversation it, away from him. It did. Yes, think uh, think uh, how bad he'd be getting beat up today. Well, we weren't all talking about Sid. I, I don't know. No, there's no hope for All them. right, they, not this year. I said two weeks ago in Seattle, I said, this is the best they got. So you're not, and they got beat. But this is the best they can play. And mm-hmm. they got beat. And now we saw, you know, the worst they can play against Atlanta. Oh, but, it's know, so the, painful. The best they can play. 
the best they can play is not good enough to beat a, a good team, and the worst they can play is they're good enough to beat a bad, get beat by a bad team. Right. That's, that's, yeah. But oh. the but the best the best isn't that good, and the bad is really bad. So. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I'm so glad. What, as I always say to people who love the Vikings, they tell me they love the Vikings. Yeah. You know what I always say. Why? That's because you haven't. That's because you haven't met them. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> actually, actually, this crew isn't as bad as they used to be. So. Oh, You're really funny. Good. They're not quite as grumpy as they used to be. Well, then Sid has done something good and kind for the Vikings one last time mm-hmm. because that whole discussion now can be delayed for a week. Yep. Uh, I got to tell you this story about uh, when Sid broke his hip. Okay. The, the, the PR guy for the uh, Vikings is Bob Hagen. who's a wonderful guy, and he loves Sid because he loved characters, you know, and he loved goofballs, yep. and he'd take Sid to lunch and stuff. And when Sid broke his hip, two days later, they got beat 34 to 6 in the dome, in this new dome by uh, the Colts, I believe it was. It might have been Baltimore, I can't remember. And got beat 34 to 6. And two days later, Hagen showed up at the hospital and gave Sid one of those souvenir game balls for this rotten performance. And I wasn't there, but I understand Sid had enough energy four days after he broke his hip to use some profanities to describe the uh, that Viking performance. Oh, that's so that funny. Was pretty, that was a pretty good practical joke. Yes. That's, that's pretty funny. Oh, Patrick, thank you for so much for being with us. It's nice to hear your voice. All Let's right. give him a silver yeah. butter knife steak for coming on the show. There yeah. you go. All right. We've got five of I'm them. I'm glad you know. I know I'm banned from co-hosting, but at least I'm, uh, I can still be on as a You guest. can still oh, be a guest. There we, you go. We love Thank you, Patrick Gracie. <laughs> Follow Patrick on uh, t- uh, Twitter, especially if you do love sports, because he is your guy. Thanks, uh, Racy. We appreciate it. All right. When we come back, we got some awkward TV we got to talk about. It was perfect. Okay, cool. Summing up our feelings. Turn your microphone on, oh, dear. Wh- what are the words of the song? Julia, we're not going sidetracked on that. Julia, we're not going sidetracked on that conversation with what are the words. I couldn't even hear what they were saying. I know, nah, 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 no, nah, nah. Rocco, Rocco, she's trying to avoid what Just, we were talking okay, yeah. about. And yeah. I'm uh, on the other side of the glass, so I don't know what you guys you are talking no about. You have no idea. I mean, do you know, it has been, okay, speaking of awkward. Our mics were on the last commercial break. Hannah. Oh, they were? Told us, girl. Yeah, I went down to talk to Holly about, oh, I'm sorry I missed your traffic. No, and she's we, like, get back there, their mics are on. No, our mics were on. We were just talking about when Patrick would be on. Oh, yeah. Because I was texting him. Yeah. So, so no, funny. we didn't say anything. I know, you'd think we would be used to doing this by now, but... But um, but the uh, the one thing is that we've and I don't even want to say it out loud because then don't it. say it. Yeah. Okay. But speaking, there are two awkward things that have happened. So the first one, it's trending Just, on Twitter, and I won't say. I'll say it's. I'm rhymes with D, and it's called Zoom Rick. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere, and so I want to explain what um, Zoom Rick is. Do you think we need? Wait a second. Class. <laughs> Everybody no, sit down. I've got the it, pointer. How it happened is so... Who, who did it happen okay, to? Okay, Jeffrey Tubin. I, who, who I don't even... Okay, he is the guy who wrote The People versus O.J. Okay. That book, then then they made a show of it. He's a oh, legal he's, CNN. Yes, I he he's got in. glasses. He's like 50. He works for The New Yorker, but he has been a prolific 
author as far as writing about legal cases. So oh, he was in a Zoom meeting, word. probably on content with the New Yorker last week. And like many people, there there is Zoom and pandemic fatigue. They are going together, and many people have been, you know, party. Party on the bottom and business on the top dressing for their Zoom calls, Julia. Wow. And he forgot to escape his Zoom thing and he stood up and he was free wheeling. He, he said, here's his quote. Um, he said, I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake believing I was off camera. Um See, <clears throat> and they he they have already said he I apologize to my wife, friends, family, and coworkers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one no, on no, the Zoom that, call could see me. The better apology would be I have learned to never, never, never do a Zoom call without my underwear on. And I am I apologize. I mean, that I mean, would be the a New better. York Times, the New Yorker had to suspend him over this. Julia, because all these people had to see his kibbles and bits. And then some people were traumatized by that. Oh, dear. did he do it on purpose? Who was he talking Who to? Who sits when in it a happened? chair without underwear? I mean, there's all kinds of people judging and wondering. I'll tell you when you sit in a chair without underwear. It's never a good idea because, first of all, I can't believe he didn't have to kick his leg, which he probably did when he stood up. No, we had Rocco. We worked Rocco, with someone who. No, <laughs> if you don't wear underwear, you will when you stand up a and man. you're a guy. Rocco, just look at me. Okay. You will just kind of do this. You got to flick your shake. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Or even if you have have boxer shorts, you know, it might be. The only time you don't have to do that is if your pack's so tight in your jeans. You're wearing gentleman thongs. Yeah, you're wearing, you're doing a (laughs) nice moose knuckle. Or you got your tidy whities on or, you know, tidy navies, whatever Mm -hmm. color they are or something. Boxer briefs. But anything where the warm scrotum can lay Lord, flat against your thigh. <laughs> this is a deep Are you dive. <laughs> no, no, it's true. So when he stood up, who knows how many editorial staff, and so, you know, maybe people people were freaking the hell out. They had to do an investigation, all because he was party on the bottom and business on top. Imagine their shock when he stood up and his... He had a tie on and a jacket, and the shirt is one of those things that's um, sewn right into the blazer. So it's not even a shirt. It's like a, a dicky blazer. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, it's like as little as possible, head. right? And then boom, it's on. And then he stands up, and then you know, I mean, that what? can be a horrifying. Well, I think because when we've done our Zoom and we don't do it like everybody else, but right. the few times we've done it, because sometimes we're Zooming in here and we leave the cameras on and, I, you know. Anyway, so I mean, I it's embarrassing. I wish he would have consulted with me. I would have had him lead with, I apologize. I cannot believe I got comfortable and would go did did Zoom meetings on the regular without my underwear? That's never going to happen. His wife is all over him. Well, Honey, I told you. Yeah, but why is it good to forget that one time? How could you forget that one time? It seems to me it's a habit of his. So was he completely naked from the waist down? Yes. Or? Okay, yes, wait a minute. That's why minute, it's called Lori. Zoom Rick. Okay, yeah. Lori Wick. Lori Wick. Zoom Wick. I like that better. Okay. Can we Lo- go with, uh, Zoom Wick? Don't let the womb on fire. <laughs> oh, I, 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 
Okay, but wait a minute. <laughs> Are you saying that he's done this more than once? No, but I'm just oh. I'm just saying like he's probably this has been his thing. You know, he's maybe he lounges. It's a silent out. protest. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? No one wants to think about anyone now. You know, everyone should be wearing underpants for exactly. I can't believe we didn't learn about Zoom Wick way before now. Well, we did get behind. We've had some toilet We've flushes. had toilet. We've had the guys running back naked. Uh, Chris Cuomo he, taking yeah. a shower. We Chris saw Cuomo. both sides yeah. of his buns. I kept wanting him. To, I'm like, move, turn. But so it is all true. Someone is always watching you. You just don't know where. You're always being watched. If you have these machines. If you've got a camera on. Mm-hmm. If you accept that Zoom meeting. <laughs> Lori, Lori wouldn't know how. <laughs> Julia, what do I do with Julia. Come help me. I'm really going to try and be a Luddite. No, one of the very it. first ones was um, anyway. our, our little Superman son, Christopher Reeve's son, um, on Good Morning America when he was doing... But he had boxer he did briefs have boxers on, on and he looked so cute and he owned up to it right away. I should yep. have had pants on, but none of us have been wearing pants and pretty soon everyone's joking about it. Well, maybe he had a, a rash or something that anyway, he need to air out the good stuff. That was awkward and then Tamron Hall had a very awkward um, interview with Amy Winehouse's dad. Did you watch it this morning? I actually caught the beginning of it. I was having third and secondhand embarrassment, but then then Tamron handled it. But he was so ornery. He he was a pain in the (gasps) butt. He was a pain in the butt, and it was. I was so excited how she handled it because she's a pro. Oh, she is, but she really loved him. Like she was, she talked him up. I know she was so excited about the interview, and then it's like when you ask just the wrong thing in the wrong way it sets people off and they don't give you any grace and you're thinking did you not just hear the build-up that i did for you i mean he was just oh my god he bit her head off he it did. was like really hard to watch rocco but yet i couldn't turn the channel Neither could and I. I was and so... she came around and she made it okay but it was fun having it was her... because of her he yes, was, he was really a, a brat he was a bratty dad and i don't like to say that about a dad who lost his daughter that way but he really <laughs> needs to he needs to like hug somebody or hug a get tree. Some love Remember, or, that's what yeah. you're supposed to do. The do something. He just was so angry. <laughs> okay, with that, we'll be right back. Don't forget to wear your underwear. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.